coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts. And as we come to air today, we decided right away, let's dive right in on the big story of the day, which of course is the uh, shakeup at Fox News. I mean, I guess I could go with Don Lemon, but let's go with the more salacious tongue-wagging story. Uh, joining us right now is Media Matters for America senior fellow Matt Gertz. Matt, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Good to be here. So you guys didn't get to uh, have your Super Bowl week or weeks or month or whatever uh, covering the Dominion v. Fox News story, but this one's kind of juicy in and of itself, is it not? Uh, sure it is, and it, it's probably related in some oh, way. You uh, think? <laughs> uh, I, I think that that seems totally plausible. I mean, uh, Fox uh, settled the Dominion lawsuit for a sum that is four and a half times larger than any past uh, settlement in media history, uh, and then turned around and uh, canned their number one star uh, the next week. It is uh, a pretty hilarious day for us here at Media Matters, I'm not going to lie, um, and a pretty terrible day uh, for both Tucker Carlson and for Fox News. Do we expect other dominoes to fall, other shoes to drop? I mean, Maria Bartiromo, Judge Denise, do we expect anybody else to have to fall on this sword? I expect might be a bit too much, but if other people were going to pay the price for uh, the uh, Dominion lawsuit, uh, Maria Bartiromo would be next on the list, uh, and Janine Pirro as well. Uh, those uh, were the uh, most prominent hosts to regularly figure into uh, those uh, filings, uh, and so those would be uh, likely targets. You could also possibly see uh, Laura Ingram go if they're really clearing the decks, uh, though it, it, it's too early, I think, to say uh, that that's what's going on yet. You know, far be it for me to be the one to defend Tucker Carlson. Ugh, it even sounds gross saying it. Uh, but it's not as if Tucker wasn't behind the scenes also saying that a lot of the folks who were peddling the lies about you know, faulty voting equipment that got Dominion you know, uh, you know, ticked off to begin with it's not as if it's not as if he wasn't sort of behind the scenes saying this is crap. So why 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 does why does he have to be the guy, the guy the first one? Well, I mean, I, I think we'll see the extent to which uh, Dominion uh, itself was totally dispositive here. We also have a uh, uh, an employee lawsuit that was filed mm. against Fox detailing uh, some uh, fairly gross. Uh, discrimination uh, claims uh, in there, and that was sort of related to the Dominion case. Uh, the um, the Fox employee in question says that Fox's lawyers uh, told uh, her or tried to convince her not to uh, tell the truth to Dominion for a, a deposition. Mm -hmm. And the particular uh, aspect here is that at one point he referred to uh, Sidney Powell using some uh, very derogatory language about women, uh, and she was going to be uh, the employee was going to be asked if that uh, surprised her coming from Tucker Carlson, and she wanted to say no, it did not surprise me, and that that I think was supposedly uh, part of the uh, the dispute there. I mean, Tucker Carlson wasn't the uh, worst perpetrator of Dominion lies, um, though certainly the uh, fallout from that lawsuit, from the filings in which he 
uh, said that he uh, had pro- had privately said that he hated Donald Trump mm-hmm. um, passionately uh, was uh, posing a bit of a problem, I think. Mm. Uh, certainly, you know, at a normal network, that would be a credibility-destroying, career-ending uh, thing to come out. Um, though, of course, we're talking about Fox News, so that's a, a little bit of a, a different story. Um, but look, I, I mean, I think broad strokes, this is a great day for America, as far as I'm concerned. Like Tucker Carlson was uh, probably the most malicious force in the right-wing press and probably the most powerful member of it. He was uh, someone who popularized white supremacist conspiracy theories, right. anti-vax conspiracy theories, right. uh, and so on and so forth. And and him uh, not being on the air, uh, spewing his hatred to millions of people every night uh, is, I, I think, uh, a net win for America. For now, anyway. I mean, we don't know what his next step is or if this is the sort of uh, body blow that actually just makes him stronger down the road. Yeah, I, I hate to be that cynical left-wing guy, but... I'm that cynical left-wing guy. You know, we thought when Bill O'Reilly left uh, Fox News that this might be a, a deadly blow to the Fox News empire, and they just kept chugging right along. Well, I think I think there's there's two questions here, right? One is where does what happens next to Tucker Carlson? Yeah, and the other is what happens next to Fox News. Mm-hmm. For Tucker Carlson, I mean, the the precedents here are not great for him. Uh, Glenn Beck has never been as influential as he was on Fox News. Mm-hmm. Neither has Megyn Kelly. Uh, Bill O'Reilly still has a podcast and is on, I think, Newsmax now. And, you know, he he's or not Newsmax, uh, News Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he is out there, but you don't hear much about Bill O'Reilly because Fox News is the megaphone uh, that gives these people so much influence. And now Tucker Carlson uh, is cut off from that megaphone, uh, probably for good. Um, he'll probably try to muddle along in a, a right wing media career. He might. Uh, start a podcast. He might be on Rumble or something like that. Um, he will continue to have some influence, but less than he had yes yesterday when Fox News was still his employer and still the power behind him. Um, for Fox News, I, I think the calculus is a little bit different. Different um, a- after all, all those people left Fox News, and Fox News is still chugging along. Mm-hmm. Um, That said, this is a uniquely difficult moment for Fox News. Um, They are counting on recovering from this Dominion settlement um, by jacking up the price that cable carriers pay for carrying the network Mm -hmm. uh, and amassing uh, some new advertisers to pad the bottom line. Uh, And it's going to be hard to go into those negotiations uh, having removed the face of the network and the most prominent person on the airwaves without, it seems, a clear plan to replace it. You know, when Bill O'Reilly lost his show, uh, Tucker Carlson was immediately announced mm-hmm. as his successor. But now Fox is saying Tucker is out and he's being replaced by a rotating selection of hosts uh, that, where, you know, I guess the winner will take over his time slot. Um, and that uh, suggests that they do not have a plan, that they do mm. not know what their next step is. And that's not really what the cable carriers are going to hear uh, when they're being told that they should shell out significantly more money uh, for this, for a product that might be diminished. This is a lot like a NFL franchise pitching for season ticket renewals at an increased rate, by the way, without having its franchise quarterback on the roster. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. I think that that's a, a very good way of putting. It. Huh. Well, so let's let's play devil's advocate here because I I happen to think that the the avenue for Tucker Carlson because he's not an old man. Uh, I think the avenue for Tucker Carlson is what has been a vacuum not filled since Rush Limbaugh died, and that's talk radio. Why why wouldn't he do that? Well, talk radio is a little bit different just because, you know, there's existing in infrastructures of shows. I guess he could take over, uh, you know, Dan Bongino's time slot, something like that. But it's actually a different skill set. You know, sitting in front of a microphone for three hours a day uh, is a, a just a different feel oh, yeah. no, than, I get it. Uh, than doing uh, a TV show. And frankly, uh, Tucker Carlson is really lazy. I mean, if you've ever seen a Tucker Carlson uh, interview. It's basically him putting up a sort of prompt, and then the the uh, the person that he's talking to talking for two or three minutes at a stretch, uh, and then he just kind of agrees with the person, and, and the interview ends. That's, that's I think not going to translate uh, as well uh, to talk radio. I think the podcast is probably a better way to go. He'll probably want something with more of a video aspect, mm. which is why I, I think rumble, the, the sort of right wing YouTube analog, uh, might be a likely landing spot. It's so funny when you said rumble initially, I thought you said bumble and I was like, Oh, I don't want to see <laughs> him on my bumble feed either. Come <laughs> on. Can I get away from this somewhere? Okay. Uh, Didn't know Rumble existed, but now I do. And unf- well, that's your job. That's that's what you guys do at Media Matters for America. You follow and keep tabs on all the icky oogie right wing interweb stuff. And ugh, better y'all than me because I couldn't do it. So, are there is there any speculation within your halls, within your offices, within your confines, or elsewhere out in uh, the blogosphere or online? as to who might be the ascendant to that slot on Fox News. Any names coming out? If I had to bet, what they end up doing in the end is they're going to move Jesse Waters, who's currently the 7 p.m. host, into the 8 p.m. slot rather than starting somebody fresh. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that's um, actually what they, what they did with Tucker Carlson. He had previously been the 7 p.m. hour uh, host and moved to 8 Um and so I think we could see that happening again. And then the slot that opens up there probably ends up getting filled by someone like Pete Hegseth or Will Kane. Uh, they are uh, two of the hosts of uh, the Fox and Friends weekend show. Mm. Um, and I, I think uh, are, are the, the people that seem to me the most primed for a step up. Okay. And by the way, let me reset. We're with Matt Gertz, Senior Fellow at Media Matters for America. Um, might might there be someone of color that they have lined up ready to go? I mean, I, I have one one female Fox News anchor in mind that... You think Harris Faulkner? You, do, you don't? I mean, I immediately she came to mind. I mean, I, I see so many parallels to what Fox News tries to do on occasion and what their beloved uh, Republican Party try to do as well, and that's to put someone up and say, well, we're diverse, see? And quiet the, the, the anti-diversity talk. Maybe. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to look into it a bit, but that's one of those cases where I wonder if the Fox News audience is actually that invested in Harris Faulkner. Mm. Uh, you know, she's... Uh, certainly not a traditional straight news side person, even at Fox. She obviously has more of an angle than that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Fox 
um, viewers typically hate the news side with a, a sort of virulent passion. <laughs> uh, and so I, I don't I mean, I could, it would be, it'll be interesting to see if they try her out um, for one of the, you know, while they're rotating through and testing people. Uh, if they do, that'll be an interesting sign of both how they think of her mm-hmm. uh, and how they think of what they want to do with the time slot. Um, I think you you are right that uh, putting someone like her in the position instead of yet another uh, white guy uh, or blonde might, female or, or blonde female uh, <laughs> might might do something to help out with the advertiser problems mm. uh, that Fox's evening shows have been plagued with over the last several years. Matt Gertz, Media Matters for America Senior Fellow. I appreciate you giving me a little bit of your time today to talk about the Tucker Carlson Fox News scenario. Thank you so much. Sure thing. Happy to help. Anybody else notice that Fox News is doing exactly what The Daily Show has been doing since Trevor Noah left? Welcome back to the Monday Ron Show. So, a little behind the curtain, I'm being flirted with what could potentially be a huge deal for this show. But I don't want to state specifically what it is until I know it's going to happen. And I don't know that it's going to happen. But if it does happen, it'll happen tomorrow. I don't know if it'll happen on the show tomorrow, but it'll be on the show if it happens tomorrow or Wednesday, or maybe a little bit of both. I I can't tell you much more than that, but know that I've been working behind the scenes after being contacted from a uh, representative for a top-tier political candidate. I mean, we're talking highest. You know what? I don't want to say much more, but this could be a random surprise for this show and um, hopefully for you as well and quite enjoyable. I'll let you know as soon as I know more about that, but but know that that's where my mind has been a lot today. Actually, I've had a lot of real estate stuff going on too, so uh, that's occupied my my mind a good bit. And then, of course, the, 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 the swirling news about Tucker Carlson and his ouster. Don Lemon also got the boot this morning from CNN. There are those who might say, oh, you know, CNN's making a rightward lurch. There might be some more accurate reaction that CNN is just not trying to chase after the leftward push as hard as they had been before under previous management. And you know how it is. If you are a coach or a general manager uh, of a sports franchise, you want to bring in your own quarterback. I keep using sports analogies today. Uh, Well, the draft is coming up Thursday, so maybe that's on my mind. Nonetheless, you want to bring in your own people, your own stars. Uh, Okay, when I took over radio stations, I wanted to put my own people, people that I was familiar with. Didn't always work out that way, but that's what I wanted to do anyway. So... It, it stands to reason that uh, Don Lemon is a holdover from a former regime and the new management at CNN decided it's time to cut bait. That being said, they didn't really let Don know until, well, I'll, I'll let his tweet explain. Here's how he tweeted. Don shared a screen grab of a statement that said, I was informed this morning by my agent that I have been terminated by CNN. Wow. By his agent? I am stunned. After 17 years at CNN, I would have thought that someone in management would have had the decency to tell me directly. At no time was I ever given any indication that I would not be able to continue to do the work I have loved at the network. It is clear that there are some larger issues at play. With that said, I want to thank my colleagues and the many teams I have worked with for an incredible run. 
They are the most talented journalists in the business, and I wish them all the best. Here's how CNN announced it. Uh, CEO and CNN chair Chris Lick put out a memo to staff that was also on their communications Twitter account. It says, CNN and Don have parted ways. Don will forever be a part of the CNN family, and we thank him for his contributions over the past 17 years. We wish him well, and we'll be cheering him on in his future endeavors. Now, as is the case usually in broadcasting, they don't tell you why they fired the guy or the girl. They don't tell you why they fired their talent. But his most recent controversy, and to me, this just doesn't seem like a fireable offense. I mean, he stuck his foot in his mouth, no doubt about it. But this was back in mid-February when he was talking about Nikki Haley being past her prime at the age of 51, to which I would take offense. Uh, I'm 49, and I think Don Lemon's older than I am, so why is Nikki Haley 51 past her Anyway, here's how this exchange went down. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that, I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s, and Maybe 40s. What do you talk? Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime so for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s, and 40s. I don't necessarily. 40s. Oh, I got it. I'm not decade. saying I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that. Well, you know, politicians aren't in their I think prime. We need, they need to qualify. To Are you talking about prime for like childbearing, or are you talking about prime for being president? What the facts are. Google it. Everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime and they need to be in their prime when they serve because she wouldn't be in her prime according to Google Google or whatever it is. Okay, so the statement was sort of ignorant. No doubt about it. And he, I believe he walked it back a little bit and apologized in some, did he, can we look that up? Yeah, he did. He apologized. Uh, When was this? February 17th. He did so in a CNN Daily editorial meeting where he said, I'm sorry that I said it, and I certainly see why people found it completely misguided. When I make a mistake, I own it, and I own this one as well. He went on to say, I believe that women of any age can do whatever they set their minds to. The people I am closest to in this organization are women. The people I seek counsel from most in this organization are women. First of all, I don't think that's why he got fired. They would have done that in February if they were going to do it. I think that's an excuse for a larger story happening at CNN behind the scenes or direction the networks take, whatever. I also have to point out, by the way, that I kind of understand what he's saying. Remember, context matters. And Nikki Haley was announcing her candidacy while railing on the ages of both President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump. And Don Lemon was basically calling her out for being ageist. Nikki Haley, of course, has been, since Don Lemon's statement, fundraising off of the statement. Because, of course, selling beer koozies, really, we're selling beer koozies a lot now on the write-up notice, uh, that says, pass my prime, hold my beer. Yep, you can purchase that and be contributing to the Nikki Haley campaign. She's also been tweeting since Don Lemon was let go. Uh, First tweet a few hours ago, a great day for women everywhere. Now let's get men out of women's sports. Hashtag still in my prime. Really? You got to go anti-trans and celebrate someone losing their job? She then followed it up about two hours later to women everywhere. Don't ever let anyone tell you you're past your prime. Again, when you listen back to the audio where Don Lemon was talking, and again, I'm not defending the ignorant thought 
it was an ignorant thought. But he wasn't saying that that's how he felt. He's saying that there are people who think that women are past their prime after their 40s. He's not wrong. There are people who think that. They're sexist pigs, but there are people who think that. Probably even some women. I just can't help but note the irony of Nikki Haley, whose former boss was a sexist pig. Grab him by the president, Donald Trump. But on this, she wants to take victory laps and sell beer koozies for fundraising purposes. Hmm. Interesting. Now, I don't think that's what got Don Lemon fired. I mean, it certainly didn't help. It seems like it's a scapegoat situation. But again, that happened in mid-February and we're in late April. Yeah, that's not why he got fired. <laughs> what a wild political news day, right? Don Lemon gone. Tucker Carlson gone. I mean, who's next? Hey, Rachel Maddow only comes in one day a week. Before you at me, I know why. Back after this. Broadcasting five days a week to make common sense common again. This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. I apologize for not getting to this story sooner, but in all candor, I didn't even see that there was a follow-up to this story until today. And it's been honestly difficult to find, but uh, I will give credit where it's due. Shannon Ballou with the Cherokee Tribune did file this story April 21st, the day after the Cherokee County School Board met. Uh, For those of you who have not followed the show very often or don't even know this story, the vice chairman of the Cherokee County School Board is Rob Recksteiner. Rob is a real estate agent with Atlanta Communities and a former pro wrestler. You may recognize his stage name, Rick Steiner of the Steiner Brothers. WWE, WCW fame. Uh, he was at a wrestling convention. I believe it was called WrestleCon. First part of April. And he is accused of some anti-trans, even using the anti-gay term, f- it, when speaking to a trans wrestler by the name of Giselle Shaw. He hasn't made a statement about it. He hasn't even denied that he was accused of making an anti-trans or anti-gay statement to Giselle Shaw. He was kicked out of the venue and out of the event completely by the event's organizers who had a statement affirming that he said what Giselle Shaw accused him of saying. Giselle has witnesses who corroborate her story. Rob Recksteiner has said not one word. And so the first opportunity for Mr. Recksteiner and the Cherokee County School Board, for which he sits on and is vice chair of, was last Thursday night, April 20th, at their school board hearing. So I'm going to read for you. I'll I'll skim through some of this article, uh, which you can find uh, in its entirety at tribuneledgernews.com. And I spoke with Shannon Ballou to find out what the reaction was. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what she said after I give you some of this article. Uh, the story starts, Parents asked Cherokee County School Board members Thursday to respond after its vice chair was recently accused of harassing a transgender wrestler at a California convention. As Shannon followed, 
and recounted the story that I just gave you earlier this month. Pro wrestler Giselle Shaw, who is trans, accused former pro wrestler and school board member Robert Rexsteiner of making har- harassing and derogatory comments toward her at WrestleCon in Los Angeles, March 31st. Shaw said Rexsteiner, known as Rick Steiner, called her a man, a dude, a piece of trash, and filth, and he told her to get the f*** away from here. Organizers of the event issued a public apology to Shaw, and according to media reports, Steiner was banned from WrestleCon for the remainder of the weekend. Rex Steiner has not responded to media inquiries or made any public statements about the allegations. In the weeks leading up to last week's school board me- uh, meeting, I kept wondering if Mr. Rex Steiner was going to release a statement or respond, confirm, or deny. I kept waiting for the school board to say something. To respond, to confirm, deny, to give him his day, to defend him, to defend his remaining on their school board and as their vice chair. And nobody had said a thing. Now, when this all went down, you may recall Cherokee County's school system was on spring break, so nobody was at the office. Okay, that's fine. But there were weeks that followed that nothing was being said. So last Thursday was the first opportunity for public comment. For anyone to stand before Mr. Recksteiner and ask him to be held accountable for what he's been accused of. Again, according to Shannon Ballou at the Cherokee Tribune Ledger News, Mr. Recksteiner said nothing last Thursday in response to Garrick Genizeski, who, according to her article, has children in the district. He asked the board to publicly issue, quote, some sort of punishment or admonishment. The alleged statements by Mr. Rick Steiner that caused his dismissal from the event are not acceptable in society today. Regardless of your opinion, harassment, derogatory slurs like those alleged are not an appropriate way to handle any situation, Mr. Januszewski said. How do you think the students feel about those alleged comments? How do you think the students that are in our LGBTQAI plus clubs? feel that they've been represented in this situation. Allowing him a pass on these irresponsible and insensitive comments not only sends a bad message to the other members, but to our students and our faculty. According to Shannon Ballou's article, another parent asked Rex Steiner to apologize publicly and suggested counseling or training. We expect this level of decorum from children We should expect far better from grown adults and authority figures who make decisions about their daily lives and education, according to Christopher Masek. Heidi Miracle, as the article continues, a parent of two former CCSD students, including one who is trans, said all school board members should receive training on LGBTQ and gender inclusion. Shannon's article continues, Michael Dayton who has a child in high school in the district, asked the board to conduct a hearing to determine whether Recksteiner violated the school board's code of ethics. He said, Mr. Recksteiner has refused to comment, but even more troubling than his silence is the silence of those who sit shoulder to shoulder with him. Here, here. As of tonight, no one from Cherokee County Schools has responded to these allegations that are now 19 days old. 19 days and the superintendent has said nothing to reassure trans kids. 19 days and the chair has said nothing to address hate speech. Those ugly words reverberate up these walls and echo throughout the chamber. 
Shannon Ballou's article continues, two of the speakers cited a portion of the board's ethics code that states each board member agrees to, quote, take no private action that will compromise the school board or school district administration. No one on the board said a word. Rob Recksteiner, vice chairman of the Cherokee County School Board, said not a word. Shannon Ballou's article at the Cherokee Tribune Ledger News continues, Recksteiner did not respond to an email request for comment. An attempt to reach him by phone was unsuccessful. Shannon's article mentions that uh, school board chair Kyla Cromer didn't respond to a request for comment, but did share the school board's code of ethics link in, I, I would assume, an email response. Asked about Thursday's comments about Rex Steiner, school district spokesperson Barbara Jacoby said, quote, the superintendent is employed by the school board. The superintendent and his staff do not speak on behalf of individual board members didn't really answer a question about this particular it seems like another sports analogy sorry about that it seems like the Cherokee County School District just wants to run the clock out like get to the end of the school year which we're getting there I mean proms are happening right just get to the end of the school year get to summer break let that amount of time just kind of Wash on over all this. And then by next August, when the school year starts again, this will all go away. That's honestly what seems to be the game plan here. And to Rob Recksteiner, I would say this. You gutless bastard. You gutless bigot. You don't have anything to say. You can't defend yourself. You can't defend what you said. You can't even denounce or affirm what you said. How gutless. Yeah, I know. You're a big bad man. Mr. Rustler. Physical prowess doesn't mean you're not a gutless wimp. Rob Recksteiner, you're a gutless wimp. You have cowered in fear, stone-cold quiet, can't talk to the media about what you said, can't really be a man and just apologize. Yeah, sometimes being the man means you understand what you said is out of bounds, was wrong. Maybe yeah, knock back one too many back at the superstar wrestling lounge that they had at WrestleCon. I don't know if that's what, I mean, you know, whatever. Whatever your issue is, whatever caused you to say what you did, acknowledging that that's a deficiency, permanent or temporary, publicly makes you more a man than being accused of something and to not deny it or speak to it. That's what an adult does. A man. A man either stands behind what he says or steadfastly denounces the accusation, denies it or denounces it, whichever direction you want to take. But cowering in the corner, sitting there with that blank stare on your face, saying nothing, while parents want accountability? 
Not only is that not what a man does, it's certainly not what leaders do. Mr. Rexdiner, you sit on a school board. You are part of what an organization needs to set standards for employees and for the students that those employees are charged with caring for, for molding, for shaping. And you, sir, are to set an example in that role, not just for the school board, but for the community. You, sir, are no example for what the future generation of this country will aspire to be. Not a majority, not a slim majority, not a plurality. No. Mr. Recksteiner, you're just weak, cowardly. And Mr. Recksteiner, if you want to invite me to come say that to your face, I mean, that it's usually the, re- the response, right? Okay, fine, I'll do it. I'm going to show up. I'm going to say it to your face. But the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to let you say something. Because it'll be the first damn time you do about this. I mean, for anyone asking, Ron, are you willing to get your ass whipped by an ex-wrestler? First of all, while I'm not the biggest, muscliest person in the world, I do a lot of cardiovascular activity. I can run around a ring and avoid a out of shape old guy. Not in the best shape of his life. Dare I say he's not in his prime? It seems to be the topic du jour. But what I am saying is anytime Mr. Recksteiner wants to challenge me to say what I'm saying to his face, I'm not going to shrink from it. I'll say it to his face. And I will invite the media. I will be recording it myself because, hell, I'd like to see him. I'd like to hear him say something about this incident for the first damn time, like a man. No, I'm willing to do all this because there are gay and lesbian children. There are trans children who need to know. That someone's willing to stand up to a giant, a Goliath, a freak of nature and say, you're out of line, jackass. You shouldn't have said what you said. You should apologize. I'm really proud that there were people that showed up to speak out. Heidi Miracle, thank you. Michael Dayton, thanks, man. That's awesome. Christopher Mosick, thank you, sir. Garrick Janiszewski. You're the man. I appreciate that. Took a lot of courage. More courage than Rob Brecksteiner seems to have right now. Those who spoke up and spoke out, those are the people kids need to be looking up to. And we should be sharing their names and their accounts because they had the courage to go to a school board meeting where a former wrestler was going to be their target for derision. And they didn't blink. They did it. Knowing that the man may have roided out and jumped the table and came lunging for him. He didn't. So I guess I 
should give him credit for that. But he sat there like a feckless, weak-spined wuss and didn't say a thing. Didn't apologize. Didn't provide an explanation. Didn't even deny. Nope, he thinks he, he's in a safe haven. And maybe he is. And that really sucks for the Cherokee County School District. It really sucks. You're charged with caring for thousands of kids for molding the next generation. And what example are you giving them? It's okay to say something derogatory and anti-trans, anti-gay. Because if you've got the numbers, you're just going to get away with it. If it's towards the end of the school year, we'll just let the clock run out. Well, I guarantee you any kid cited for any disciplinary incidences from March 31st to now don't have that same luxury as Rob Recksteiner, who sits on the Cherokee County School Board as its vice chair, is enjoying right now. Hell of a message you guys are sending your kids up in Cherokee County. Back after this. Final segment for the Ron Show, Monday, and uh, you know why it's important that folks like the Cherokee County School Board or its school superintendent grow some spine, speaks out against the likes of Rob Recksteiner? Well, I need only point out that we have had another round of hate-filled flyers landing in Metro Atlanta yards. You'll remember a few weeks ago we had anti-Semitic mailers and leaflets and whatnot dropped on yards in Jewish areas in the northern suburbs. Well, Representative Syra Draper tweeted uh, over the weekend, I am appalled and disgusted to learn that anti-Semitic and anti-transgender flyers were left on the driveways of homes in my district last night. She shared that yesterday with some photos. She said, this incident violates the personal security and well-being of our community members, and I'm calling on local law enforcement to investigate swiftly and hold those responsible to account. This is not an isolated incident of hate. In fact, the group behind these flyers proudly claims it has distributed thousands of pieces of its propaganda throughout Georgia. As a state legislator, I can't help but view this incident and our legislative policy choices as related. During the 2023 legislative session, the Georgia General Assembly failed to pass proposed legislation to curb rising rates of anti-Semitism. Concurrently, the General Assembly prioritized the passage of legislation that discriminates against and harms transgender children and their families. There is a direct line between these policy decisions and creating an environment that emboldens hate groups and normalizes discriminatory rhetoric. It's not enough for leaders to say they don't tolerate hate. Our policy agenda must do the same. Representative Sarah Draper continues in this tweet thread, I stand in solidarity with the Jewish community, the transgender community, and with anyone who has been targeted by hate and ignorance. So far, I'm aware of flyers in Lake Clare and Candler Park. If you know of more, please drop a comment or DM. Apparently, uh, in Kirkwood as well, according to a follow-up tweet. I'll read for you as best I can uh, from some photos that uh, Representative Draper shared that uh, these flyers, some of them in Ziploc baggies, say, public service announcement, who is behind the rise in transgenderism? And then superimposed over a rainbow-colored Star of David, information about a Magnus Hirschfeld, 
a Jewish sexologist in Weimar, Germany, that the Flyers say is considered the pioneer of transgenderism, creating the Institute of Sexual Research, blah, 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 blah. Then you've got uh, from the National Center for Transgender Equality, uh, Mara Kiesling, who is the founder. Eliza Bayard, the director of the GLSEN. Now, I'm not trying to tie any sort of correlation between the pacifist nature for which the Cherokee County School Board has decided to punt on addressing the anti-trans rhetoric of one of their own members of the school board, Rob Recksteiner, and this anti-Semitic and anti-trans literature being littered throughout Metro Atlanta. Not going to try and correlate the two. But if you don't think that allowing people to get away with speaking the way Rob Brecksteiner is accused of speaking to a trans individual and to use words like fat publicly, then you're just being willfully dismissive. It's a permissive environment that allows this sort of behavior, not Rex Steiner's. Well, yes, Rex Steiner's too, but the anti-Semitic and anti-trans literature being passed about in folks' yards, targeting neighborhoods with high pockets of Jewish residents. But like Rex Steiner, these people aren't brave. They're, they're wusses. The Klan worked under cloak. These folks work under cover of darkness. They don't attach their names to anything. And Rex Steiner, of course, doesn't say a word. Not an apology, not a correction, not a clearing of the air, nothing. And he, he has cover. Well, at least at the Cherokee County School District, he has cover. And I'm, again, going to hold local media accountable here. Because Rex Steiner's story, any follow-up? It's only been done by one reporter, Shannon Ballou at the Cherokee Tribune Ledger News. I tweeted uh, a reporter from a TV station who covered when the story broke in early April. No response. Nothing in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I mean, no follow-up whatsoever. Perhaps now that anti-Semitism has been conjoined to anti-transgenderism, There'll be some traction. Don't know. And by the way, while I'm on local media, I have to point this out. Over the weekend, uh, I finally this morning got to watch uh, Sunday's uh, Georgia Gang from Fox 5, WAGA television. And one of the biggest news stories of the week last week were autopsy results from DeKalb County. Official autopsy results that showed a lack of gunpowder residue on Manuel Peraz Tehran Tortuguita on his person, in his tent, on his hands. That didn't make the rundown for the Georgia gang. I get it. The show is only 30 minutes long. And it's my understanding that the rundown is put together Thursday and sent to the pundits that are going to attend the Friday taping. But those autopsy results came out Wednesday night. Should have been in the Georgia gang. I don't know why it wasn't. I I have no explanation that I can come up with except Well, the show was only 30 minutes long. Okay. Still, that was one of, if not the biggest story last week here in Metro Atlanta. Unless there seems to be an effort in local media to not make this a story. Again, to let the clock run out. 
Well, I know I'm nobody right now, but not on my watch. I will hold people accountable. That's what I'm going to do on this show on the regular. Except I'm out of time for today. So I'll be back tomorrow, 5 to 6 p.m. on the America One Radio app, americaoneradio.com. This show, by the way, available on all podcast platforms. And we've got the platform links at ronshowatl.com. See you tomorrow.